0: Hey everybody, you're listening to the Poema Church Podcast. Today, we're sharing a message from our latest series. We believe the Word of God in Scripture is powerful and has real-life application to our lives today. We hope this message encourages you. Get connected and learn more about us by visiting our website, poemachurch.ca. So I want to speak on living out our salvation. I want to remind you of just a few things. I was thinking about all the things we've done. Let me think here. So I can't count the number of weddings we've officiated. Now, sometimes we've officiated, and most of them, it's just Dave, but all of them have been my messages, just so you know. <laughs> so, I can't count the number of weddings that we've officiated and we've never charged. It's a gift. We want to be a blessing. You know, we've buried buried some of our friends, That's hard. We've buried our parents. Dave's parents were founding members of this church. They were some of the biggest supporters of New Song Church. You know, um, mom would have people over all the time, and she would cook for everybody. Their door was always open. And the reason why Dave is the way he is is because of his parents, because of who they were. That generational legacy continues. We have dedicated a whack of babies, and the most fantastic moments dedicating your own children and then your grandchildren. That's a legacy that not many people get to experience. We have cried, we have laughed, we have rejoiced, and we have mourned with you. We have experienced highs, and we have experienced lows with you. Your lows, your highs. We have felt extreme pride when some of you have taken a step of faith that was bigger than you ever thought you could do. And we have felt frustration and deep sorrow when some have not got it. They've missed it. They refuse to be obedient to the Word of God. They've missed the blessings of God. They made decisions like a parent. We feel the frustration and the sorrow. We've sent and gone and supported many missions trips. How many of y'all have gone on a missions trip here at New Song Church? We've been to Romania, Kazakhstan, Brazil, Tanzania, Kenya, Guatemala, Peru, Jamaica, and other parts of Canada as well. This house was named New Song Church and World Outreach, and we lived up to that. Doors were opened. (laughs) And you know, we have been screamed at, we have been sworn at, we have been stalked, we've been threatened, we've been robbed, and that was just from church people. (laughs) And we came back the next Sunday, and the next Sunday, and the next Sunday, and the next Sunday, for almost 30 years. We have experienced favor, extreme, favor. This house is a blessed house. We have experienced more miracles in the last 30 years as a church than I know about anywhere else. The favor of God rests heavy on this place. The favor of God rests heavy on our family's lives. We have experienced favor and we've been blessed beyond measure. I can't name all the things is that have just boggled People's minds, teenagers who needed a safe space, had a home with us. Some stayed for a few months, and some we raised for years. We have driven the streets of Kitchener at 2 in the morning looking for teenagers who ran away. We have been on our knees. Through The night in prayer for people who are struggling. I went into labor early because of one. <laughs> Quentin came two weeks early. <laughs> we have put our family through it all the good, the bad, and the ugly because we really believe in that legacy, that generational blessing, that open door policy, that open arm policy. That consistent forgiveness policy, that what can I do for you policy. We want it to go on into Zion's life. We want it to go on to our great-grandchildren's life. We want it to go on to our great-great-grandchildren's life. I want my great-great-great standing in front of a a pulpit somewhere, and she's preaching to a crowd, reminding them the legacy way back there. That's why we do what we do. It's not for just you. It's to get through you to other people. Amen? You know, Paul the Apostle regarded Christian living as a process of spiritual change accomplished by the Holy Spirit. Dedication won't produce a transformed life. Promising to serve God won't either. Change comes as the Spirit of God takes the Word of God which has received and changes our thinking. As our thinking changes, our behavior changes. You don't need to worry about someone's behavior. Do not worry about your children's behavior. We worry about their belief. Worry that they belong. That feeling of belongingness is so important. Let me just give you some grandmother advice here. I've raised four children in this house, and I think they're pretty good kids. Okay, Their sense of belonging will determine their behavior. If they feel they belong in your home, they belong in the church, they belong in the community, then their beliefs come into position. Then their behavior. Don't go after their behavior. You're going after the wrong thing. Go after their sense of belonging. Let's live in Romans twelve for today, okay? I love Romans twelve. I love Romans twelve. Well, I love the whole Bible, but this is pretty good. Let's go to Romans twelve, and I'm gonna read it from the message. Now this is not a translation, this is a transliteration, this is a taking of the scriptures and making them into today's sort of lingo, how you can grasp it and how you can and receive it. So let's read Romans 12, one together. And I didn't bring my glasses up here, so I cannot see that font. (laughs) Okay, can I get my glasses? Oslo ate my other glasses, so these are not as strong. So I'll just have to lean a little bit. Okay, Romans chapter 12. Let's go, verse 1. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around, day in, day out, blah life, it all, and place it, that was Shannon's extra added version, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Mm. sila. That can happen so fast. You know, when we're bombarded by social media trends and, and uh, cultural norms, we can very easily just whoosh, slip right on in. And God's very clear here. Paul writes, that this is what God is saying. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. You were created to stand out. You were created to be countercultural. You were created to be the light in the darkness. The only way someone can see that you are different is if you are different. And the only way you can be different is if you have different faith. You need to not fit in so well to your cultural that no one knows you're a Christian. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me, especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you. Living then, as every one of you does, in pure grace, it's important that you do not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. You are not that important, just want to tell you. A little, little burst your bubble there. And I think, you know, I spent many years as a quote-unquote influencer, and that's almost like a gag reflex when I say that. You know, I got to travel through blogging, and I got to go places and meet uh, famous people and hang out in... In really fun situations and see really cool things and I saw the demise of those influencers that it went to their head and they became it. They were famous in their own little bubble and uh, Pastor Dave actually sent me, he must have been hanging out with your dad at that exact moment because he sent me this video clip and I know it had Pastor Tim written all over it and uh, it was this, this girl who was like I'm famous And she's talking to Dr. Phil, and he's like, well, what makes you famous? Well, I'm famous. Because she says she's a celebrity, she's famous. Just because you say it doesn't make it true. You are not more important than you think. And that humility needs to come back into the church, needs to come back into pastors in this country, North America especially. Humility, you are not more important. God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. Can I get it? Oh, I will keep going fast here. Here we go. In this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the whole, the whole. You are who you are because of the whole body, not because of what you bring to the body, but because of the whole body. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be. Without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. When you work out of your strengths, the body will be strengthened. And I know that when we started this planting this church, we planted this church, I tell you, we were everything. We were all things to all people. We, Pastor Dave and I like cleaned, painted, decorated everything. We did it all. We did Sunday school, women's ministry, men's women's ministry, led worship and pastored all at the same time. Well, I had a full-time job and was popping out babies. We did it all because we had to but that's not, that's not good for long-sustaining s- life. You can do that for a short period of time, but you can't go on and on and on for that. It'll, it'll kill you. You're not meant to do it all. Find out what you're good at, and you know those, those wonderful um, personality uh, tests? I love those tests. I love those tests. I can tell you I am a, I'm an IS in the disc. I am a 962 in the Enneagram. And I don't know, I'm probably an orange color chart. I have no idea. But when you figure those things out, and when you figure out those things in your team, you can work from your strengths. You can say, okay, Pastor Dave, you are not good at this. We are not going to get you to do that anymore, right? And that's not a diss to Pastor Dave. He was not good at certain things. That is saying, you are great at this. We need you in the body, Can you come and help us out and just fill this role? It will go a hundred times better, it will go a thousand times faster, and it will be much more beneficial to the kingdom of God when you're working from your strength. Right? If you preach, just preach God's word, nothing else. If you help, just help. Don't take over. If you teach, stick to your teachings. If you give encouraging guidance, be careful that you don't get bossy. Ooh. If you put in charge, don't manipulate. If you're called to give aid to people in distress, keep an, eye, keep an open eye and be quick to respond. If you work with the disadvantaged, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. Keep a smile on your face. That's hard to do sometimes. Now, one of my, one of my Clifton Hill strengths, because I did that one too, Strengths Finders, um, is positivity. And I know you all know this. That most of the times you see me, I have a smile on my face, right? It's the superpower of mine is positivity. But unless I am filling that in my private space with the Word of God, with, you know, psalms, with worship, then you're getting a fake smile, and I'm getting exhausted, and it's not going to be as successful as it needs to be. Verse 9, it says, love from the center of who you are, don't fake it. We never thought anything of keeping our doors open all the time. It's just what, that's how we were raised. Our parents did it. Both sides of our family were foster parents. Both sides of our family did international students. It's not shocking or surprising that that was us as well. We just, that's how we loved. But when we tried to do things for people out of fear, Oh, did you hear that they're thinking about finding a new church? We better do something. Let's go bring them up, let's go do this for them, let's go do that for them, let's, let's send them on a vacation. Anything that you do out of fear will backfire. Everything you do, hi Frankie. <laughs> everything that you do out of love will explode. Kindness leads them to repentance. His kindness leads them to repentance. His kindness leads them to repentance. If you want to change the world around you, you want to change the people in your family, you want to change the dynamic or the atmosphere or the the vibe, then show kindness and love without wanting something in return. The minute you attach a string to it or a, well, they never did this back to me you have kiboshed. That's not love. That's manipulation. That's serving with manipulation. That's loving with strings. That's manipulation. That's witchcraft, according to the Bible. So what are we going to do? We're going to love from the center of who we are, and don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on to dear life for good, to good. Be good friends who love deeply. If you want a tattoo, there it is right there. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out. And that was a, let me give you some advice, this grandma advice. We burnt out. As much as, as our open door policy was wonderful and we, if you asked for something, I would give it to you. There is nothing that I own that I will keep if you need it. Nothing but there are times where we just kept giving and kept giving and kept giving and kept giving and kept kept opening our hearts and opening our doors and doing things. Sometimes out of fear, we got burnt out, we got used. But that's not a reason to shut that door. Never a reason to shut that door because you never know who's going to come knocking next. Don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled. How do you keep yourself fueled? You keep yourself in the Word. You keep yourself in church. You keep yourself in church. You keep yourself in worship. You keep yourself where iron sharpens iron. You keep yourself fueled and aflame. Be alert, servants of the master. Cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians be inventive in hospitality. Verse 14. This one, this one took a long time for me to learn. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Not even out of little tiny corner of it or with any digits. No. Bless those who use you. Bless those who talk bad about you. Bless those who gossip about you. Mm. This is easy. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. This one takes more work. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies because someday they are somebody, right? You don't pick your friends because of what they can do for you. Number 17, don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. There is a silver lining in everybody. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. I wanted to do that one so bad so bad get along with everybody don't insist on getting even that's not for you to do that's a lesson to learn God keeps God sees all right if we really believe that God sees all and God is protecting you and God will see you through God will take care of those who are trying to take you out he will He'll do it in his timing and in his way. And sometimes that's the frustration part because we want to see vengeance now. I want to see it now. I want to see lightning strike now. But God takes care of it because God is interested in restoration far more than I am at times. And he's interested in restoration even with those people because I tell you, the majority of Christians that you don't get along with, you're going to see them on the other side. Did you know that? You're going to be sitting across the table from somebody. You're like, oh, hey, how's it going, Peggy Sue? <laughs> you know, I always hated your casserole dishes that you brought to church. And, you know, you always smelled funny. And you're going to have an opportunity to sit across Peggy Sue. So why don't you just get it right now? Get it, get it fixed now. Make sure that your heart is pure. Your heart is open. Your heart is soft because God can use that. He can't use, he can't use someone who has reserved offense. Well, I deserve to hang on to this. Do you know what they did to me? Well, guys, my stepmother sued us for four years. I got stories that would curl your toes. I'm gonna see her in heaven one day. God says, forgive her now, not then. When you, when you make yourself, when you soften the soil and you make yourself pliable to Him, He's able to use you. He's able to do great things and better things than you could ever imagine. God says, "I'll take care of it, Shannon." And I always imagine like my 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 dad is a my God, Dad. My dad's up in heaven too. They're probably chatting right now. My dad's probably saying, "That's my girl." I imagine dad, like a god dad, like a big Italian mafia boss. It's like the godfather. I got it. I got it. I'll take care of it. But in a much more softer and forgiving and, yeah. (laughs) Job. Verse 20, let's finish off here. It says, our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. Or if he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness don't let evil get the best of you get the best of evil by doing good my my parents went through a very rough time when i was a teenager they were going through um, we were attending a church that didn't believe in the full ministry giftings we were going to a, a church that did not believe in speaking in tongues and my parents did my parents were swing from the chandeliers very charismatic Uh, type people, Um, very, very charismatic type people. And so they were not liked by leadership at one point. And leadership Leadership. talked very badly about my parents at one point. And it was very tough as a teenager to see these very generous people, my parents, be slagged and be kind of like made fun of because of their beliefs, because they believed in in the gifts of the Spirit, because they believed in laying on of hands, because they believed that miracles still existed, that, that prophets still existed. And I remember after we left that church, I was a very angry teenager. Ah, typical, right? Typical angry teenager. And I wanted nothing to do with church people. Can you blame me? And I knew, who, I knew God well. We had a great conversation. I usually threatened him or put a, you know fleece down. If you do this, I'll do that. That's the kind of relationship we had as a teenager, just being honest. I did mature. Don't worry. And I can remember we were in the pantry. It's a restaurant in, in BC. It doesn't exist anymore. And the pastors who had started this sort of like revolt against my parents, um, they were there. And... In the process, my dad went up to the server and said, I want to pay for their meal. And left and paid for their meal. I went to one of their daughter's funerals a few years ago. And they talked about my father. Like he was the most loving, gracious, spiritual, giving. Everything had changed. That moment of generosity broke the spiritual bondages that they were in. That if somebody can be generous while we're slagging them, maybe there's something to this. And generosity does that. Generosity breaks those things. They break down those barriers, those walls that people put up. If you are generous with them without wanting something in return, you will break down a wall and a barrier, and God will be able to move, and God will be able to, to redeem the situation. I didn't, it's, this is not my notes. I didn't speak on my notes. Where we are? I don't know. I just, there we go. <laughs> the last sermon I want to leave with you before moving out west is that that we are called to live a transformed life. And in order to do that, we need to do Romans 12. We need to live out Romans 12. The first part of Romans, Paul lays out the, this is what God has done for you. This is what God has done for you. Now he's talking about what you need to do. This is how a Christian lives. This is how a Christian is to walk. This is how a Christian is to live their life, is being generous is being the person who who drives around at two in the morning looking for a stray teenager. It's the person who says, I'll do that. I'll be there. It's the person who, you know, we can get busy. Let me tell you, it has been crazy the last few months. We're trying to sell a house. I'm still working. I'm working up to the day I leave. Like, I've really planned that out well. And we're packing. And... The house has to be in pristine condition at all times. We feel like we can't go anywhere because we could get a text and we'd have to go home and grab the cat. Anybody want a cat? (laughs) (laughs) And it's been difficult to serve you as well as we've wanted to serve you over the last few months. It's been difficult through COVID to serve you as, as much as we've wanted to serve you. And it's felt maybe that we're distant we're not, we've been busy. We still continually pray for you. We still continually uh, brag on you. We still conti- and we will still continue to pray for you as we go. So I just wanted to, you to leave you with this message, this dedicated service. If you can remember anything of our time spent over the last 30 years, this village that we have built to help you raise your families. It's because we want you to do the same with your family and with the generation after. We want you to live that Christian life. We don't just preach it, we live it. So we're, in, we're interested in, in full immersion Christianity, laying it all out there on the table to be vulnerable, to take the uh, chance of getting robbed, spit on, mocked. Does that, Jesus, Hello! <laughs> Jesus was mocked and spit on and denied by his, some of his followers. God wants you to live above and beyond what you're doing right now. He does not want you just to maintain. You didn't just get saved, and that's good. God wants you to do more because there's somebody in your sphere of influence. There's somebody in your community. There's someone in your neighborhood, and your neighborhood means anyone that God brings into connection with you not just your geographical street. God wants you to love them so that they can know His love. He wants you to share with them all that you have so that they can experience all that He has for them. You're you're the door to it. You're the door to whether or not these people come into a close relationship with God and don't take that as, oh, that's a lot, of lot on my shoulders. I can't, I can't do that. When you start living out Romans 12, living, breathing, doing it all without even thinking, when it becomes second nature to give the shirt off your back, you'll see a change in your neighborhood. Right, Jay? There are people waiting For God and God needs you to step up he needs you to be his light he needs you to open your heart he needs you to show love to those who are unlovable he needs you to walk in forgiveness so that others can be free Amen. It's a good life, guys. It's been an amazing. Almost 30 years. I have loved you deeply. I have given you everything I have. Because I want to see you go further. I want to see you experience the miracles and the favor that we have. I want you to understand tithing because of the miracles that it opens. I want you to understand healing because of the miracles it opens. Not just for you, but for those around you. If I could say anything, it's not for you. Get that spotlight mentality off you. It's about everyone else. You're just the conduit. I would take nothing back. I have no regrets. Whether it was helping people learn to budget, whether it was delivering divorce papers, we've done that. Whether it was cleaning people's bathrooms, so that they can join you in life. That's what it's about. My friendship with Colleen is for your grandchildren. Stop thinking linear. Start thinking like, I don't know, tenant. Start thinking like, stop thinking in a in a box like god family this work what whatever that is that checklist think of it as it's a circle we do this as a circle we do god together with our family we work with god and we work with our friends and we love and we share and it's a circle it's not a, t- a pyramid it's not an inverted triangle it's it's a circle because we do it all together with God. We do life together. We work for God. We love with God. You know, you know what I'm saying. I have snot bubbles now. We have loved doing life together with you. one of the scariest things is, <laughs> we have never been to another church in our lives. Like we've never church shopped. Y'all church shopped, because that's how you found us. Somehow, you came across us. We have never done that. I mean, I was with my parents at their church until I married the pastor. Then I inherited all of you. I have never had to look for a church. Family, do you know how rough that's going to be? You know, whenever we went on vacation, we would always go find a church. We'd flip open the yellow pages. And we'd find the charismatic section. And it would always be in some strip mall with blue carpet and fake plants on the stage. And we would enjoy ourselves, but we would always think, oh, I'd rather be home. I'd rather be worshiping at home. I'd rather be home. And that's what it's gonna feel like for for a long time for us. We're not going out there to Take a sabbatical from church. That's dangerous. That's when you slip into the culture without even thinking of it. We need to find a church. Jacob's never experienced youth group, he turned 13 in the pandemic. He's never done to acquire the fire. He's never experienced a concert. I can't just sit back and say, I've retired. I'm just gonna go to, you know, someone said Bedside Baptist Church. That's where I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna take my my pillow. I only say that because it's double Bs. Don't take what I just said the wrong way. (laughs) Alliteration is my thing. Life happens very fast. Blink, November we announced we were handing the church over. Blink, May we did the transition service. Blink, our house went on the market. Blink, this Saturday I fly with a cat. Does anybody want a cat? Her and I are going to take the vet drugs together for that flight. Blink. For all you youngins who think that life is so slow, I'll never be that old, I'll never be as old as Pastor Shannon, my dad turned 50 the year I married Pastor Dave. I turn 50 next month. I am my father's age. That's like, mm, don't like that. Don't like that at all. Blink. Blink. I was a 23-year-old, newly married, wife of a pastor. 23. Who's, who's 23 or, or around that age here? Yeah. Okay. I moved across. Yep. Caitlin says, amen, hallelujah, I'm 23. I moved across the country to a province I had never been to before, to a city I'd never heard of before, because I'm from the West Coast, and there's nothing outside of Toronto. (laughs) Came to a church, became mom of the house. I was 23 years old. I knew nothing. I had just rededicated my life back to God. I had just moved home from living a wild life in rebellion things I had experienced. I had just said yes to God again, and here I am being mother of the house. I had no business giving advice on anything but God. And we've changed. Our theology has never changed. Our grace has. And as you grow and as you mature, that's what's gonna happen to you. Do not change your theology. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's the Bible plus nothing, the Bible minus nothing. Don't take any other advice but Bible advice. But your grace levels will change. And that's a marvelous thing to do. 23, blank. Quentin came along, I was 26, blank. 32, I had Jacob blank. Guys, life goes by too fast. I know you're all feeling it because I know that like time's a ticking. Don't waste any more time. Your legacy needs you to live like this. Amen? Amen. Stand up with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah 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 god you are so good Mm. you are so so good i can't explain to people the trust i have in you i just i just know you're good i just know you'll do what you said you're gonna do i just know that you have our backs i just know that you have the best in mind father i thank you that as we move forward as we round up 2022 and we enter 2023 Father God I thank you for this next year you know it's the year in the Jewish history you know I'm going to tell you all this you all know I'm going to tell you about the Hebrew calendar Rosh Hashanah is coming up next month it's the year of of the camel which means provision water supply life provision nourishment health strength able to go long distance, endurance. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you that we are able to gather together. Father, we're able to gather at a place, <laughs> in a city, Lord God, that you called us to. You called us to minister to Kitchener-Waterloo, Father God, and I thank you that that is not done. That continues through us. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Father, for things that I uh, haven't finished, thank you for the time to finish them, for all of us, Lord God. Father, for moments in our lives that we've done things that we shouldn't, Father, I thank you for your forgiveness. Father, I thank you that you have no shame. You don't put shame on people. If someone is thinking right now, I should have. I should have I should have that you remove that feeling of of regret and shame in Jesus name father I thank you that we live our lives like Paul said our every day walking around boring brushing our teeth doing our laundry driving in traffic getting our grocery life our in and out life we present it to you as a living sacrifice. A sacrifice means there's a cost. It's a living sacrifice that we won't do life <laughs> like it doesn't matter. Father, we thank you that we have the the time we have today, we have the moment, we have the now to do what you've called us to do. May we be those beacons of light that we know we were called to be. May we be those, those light in the darkness that we know we were called, whether it's work, whether it's church, whether it's in our family, that you give us words of wisdom in Jesus' name, things to speak, when to speak, and when to be silent. Father, we thank you that as we grow in grace, we learn how to love better. We learn how to love deeper. We learn how to love without strings. We learn how to love without a feeling of disappointment. Because that's how you love us. You sent your son to the cross to die for us while we were still Sinners. You didn't ask us to get all cleaned up first and then send him to the cross. You sent him to die for us while we were still in the muck and the mire. While we were still in the darkness. While we were still in the sin. That's how much you love us. When we can live and give Like that, Lord God, let that be our desire. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. To hear more, subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on our website, poemachurch.ca.